Welcome to the Dewey Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real stories about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. You can find me on social media at JT Literally. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you are a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts that you need to make right now in order for that to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now, and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest, Jeff Blaisdell. Jeff is an experienced digital leader, executive, advisor, and investor with over 30 years of success at the intersection of finance and technology. Jeff has held key roles at BlackRock, Fisher Francis, and most recently as head of technology at Western Asset Management. He created the Beyond Formation Blueprint as a way to distill his extensive experience and passion for mentorship into a proven system designed to make sure more founders make it big. Jeff, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you Josh. believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Well, for me, I'm going to have to go with uh, following some of the principles of the agile methodology. Uh, and uh, there are there are kind of many principles, and, and maybe many people have heard of agile at this point. Uh, it was kind of invented really by a bunch of computer scientists. Uh, many people think it's used used and useful only for IT people, but the reality is the, the principles embedded in, 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 in Agile are, are, are valuable for any of us and, and can be used every day. Excellent. And so talk to me a little bit for those of us who may not be familiar with it. What is Agile aside from kind of a, you know an industry term that we see people tossing around? If we're not experienced with it, what is it exactly and how can we apply it to our business? Yeah, and, and so I think the the biggest takeaways for and I think there are, you know there are ten or twelve uh, principles and it's easy to look up agile methodology. It's a quick read, uh, but uh, some of the key ones for me for uh, for getting things done for managing my time. I mean, basically we you know we we all could come up with an infinite number of things that we have to do. Uh, in, in in and it could be related to work. It could be personal. It could be. And so we as human beings are constantly filtering uh, and trying to identify what's important, what needs to be worked on. And, and we all do this. And, and I think one of, you know, one, of the goal, one of the goals of your podcast is to try to understand how different people uh, approach it differently. Um, but but you know, fundamentally, many of us, and maybe all of us, aren't great at multitasking. And, um, and, and Agile is a way to help cut through some of that and, uh, and focus on identifying what the priorities are. And, and so I think about it a, a little bit like this. If I, if I know there are 10 things I need to do, uh, one way to do, do that would be to work on a little bit of all of them and maybe at some point down the road, all of them get done eventually. Maybe, maybe not. A another way, and so the opposite end of the spectrum, and this, this is the direction that you'd want to go with an agile approach would be, well, can I just work on one until it's done and then go to the second most important one and then the third most important one? And, and maybe that's you know an extreme, but certainly not work on all 10 at the same time. So now I need to, before I get started on any of them, I need to think about priorities. Okay, which which ones are the most important? And you know there may be different factors going into it, but at the end of the day, something may be more important than another. Uh, and in theory, I'm going to focus on that one until it's done and then move on to the next one. Now, uh, in, in the IT world, uh, where we may be working on multiple projects, and I think this extends to our own lives as well, um, this has a few advantages. And, and so one of them is, as soon as something is done, presumably you're getting benefit from it. So 
if I have, once again, these 10 things, and let's say it's going to take me a month. If I work on all 10 things at the same time, it's going to take me a month. So at the end of the month, now I'm getting the benefit from completing all 10 things. But what if each one of them took three days to do on its own, and I did the first one, and three days later, I'm getting benefit from it. Then I do the second one three days later. So I'm achieving the benefit and the value much faster. And so in the business world, if I'm being an IT leader and I'm trying to deliver useful value to a business, then of course, as soon as the first project comes out, the business is using it, um, they're getting value from it, as opposed to the extreme case of nobody getting any value for a year later. So this idea of getting things done faster immediately produces value. Another thing you may find is when you're focusing on things that are higher priority, and trying to make those decisions is that by the time you get around to some of the things later down in your list, um, the requirements might have changed. The, the necessity for them at all might have changed. And so by delaying and deferring working on things, uh, you may find that what you want to do is, has changed. And um, this ties into uh, you know, kind of like this idea of just in time, just in time inventory, just in time manufacturing, as an example, and that was really you know big and, and is used everywhere now. Where I'm only going to try to get things delivered um, to me that I need when you know when I actually need them. And so for me, what that means is that I'm I may know that something's due in two months from now. Like I knew two months ago or six weeks ago that I was going to be on your podcast. In this example, and. I could have spent hours or, well, maybe not hours, but certainly some amount of time figuring out exactly what I was going to say on this podcast and what direction I wanted it to do. I could have done a lot of research on you, listened to seven podcasts, and then I could have been hit by a bus two weeks later. And all that time and effort would have been worth nothing, right? So, um, so focusing on things when they're close to being necessary is a, is a tactic that, that I use and I think serves me very well. Now, uh, other listeners may, may think that, that creates a bunch of stress, but not actually really needing to start things until they really needed to be started is, you know, a kind of a close corollary of agile. So those are uh, that, you know, using agile, prioritizing ahead of time, working on a few number of things, getting them done, receiving the value, and then adjusting based on feedback. Um, that's a, that, you know, the, an agile approach. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And, and, you know, the thing that really stood out to me there is, uh, you know, Hey, I could, I could do all of this prep work and it wouldn't be worth anything. And, and I think as entrepreneurs, uh, we get stuck in that cycle quite a bit, uh, where we're doing all this prep work or getting ready for something. Uh, and we're kind of preparing for all potential, uh, uh, outcomes and, you know, the, the meeting gets canceled. Yes. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, I just put like two months of my life into this. Why? You know, and what you're saying is rather than prepare so much, become the type of person that can be prepared quickly. Become the type of person that can prepare on a moment's notice. And it's like, it's not like I'm getting ready for this one thing. I'm constantly getting ready for whatever thing. And so that I can direct my energy towards the thing in front of me right now. And that kind of ties back into our more survival instincts. We don't have time to prepare for whatever's going to happen to us out there in the field when we're hunting and gathering. We have to react fast. We have to be agile. And so that's starting to make sense to me here. No, no, I think that, that that's a great point. And you know, tying it back into uh, really in, you know, into instinct. I think for many of us, this idea of 
you know, procrastination is a bad word. Waiting to the last minute is a way to describe someone that kind of annoys you, right? But, but there is an element of that. And in many cases, as humans, we are best on our feet and, and, you know, and adapting. And, and so maybe leaning into a little bit and confronting some of that stress, if you're the kind of person who needs to you know, plan everything up front, you know, maybe, maybe take a few things and see if you can push them out a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And so one of the things that you uh, share uh, a lot is only do what you can do. Uh, you say founders can't do it all, at least not for very long. Uh, and so tell me more about this, because this is some another thing that entrepreneurs really need to hear more about. Only do what you can do and don't do all these other things just because they're out there and they need to be done. It doesn't mean you should be the one doing it. Yeah. And, and so there, I mean, there, there are a couple of elements to that. And, and, and one of them is, is very much related to what we just discussed with Agile. If there, if there are 200 things to do, and, and, and so, you know, if I'm thinking about a startup as an example, maybe in my mind, there's a mental checklist. It's more than mental, but a checklist of a, a couple hundred things to do. I can't do all 200 of them. So Agile helps prioritize and focus on a few things at once. And the other aspect is this do what only you, you know, you try to focus on things that only you can do. And, and, and what that means in the ideal sense is that if someone else can work on something uh, and get it done, then try to figure out a way to get someone else to work on it or defer it. Uh, because there are going to be some things in your company, in your personal life, in whatever your endeavors are, that really only you can do effectively. And you need to try to set yourself up, your company up in a way where that's what you're focused on because that's where you're going to make the biggest difference. And so, yeah, I, I find myself doing things uh, and maybe it's like working on financials on a spreadsheet sometime. I don't really like doing that. And there, there probably is somebody else that could be doing it. Um, but maybe I just have to suck it up and get through it because I, I, I just need to do it. So it's not the best use of my time. So, but the goal really is, oh, well, is there somebody else I can find to work on this numbers and how do I get someone else involved? And, um, so, and, and not only are we going to be more effective if we're focused on things that only we can do, but, but generally if only we can do them, um, it's because we want to do them because we've developed ourselves in a way where only we can do them and we're going to derive more satisfaction and enjoyment and, and part of, being in business and for yourself, running a business should really be about enjoyment. And, um, and and so one way of doing that is focusing on things that we're all good at. Yep, that's right. And so tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do and uh, how people can connect with you and who's who's a good candidate. Yeah, sure. So I, I worked in uh, really more of a corporate environment, financial services. I, I worked in New York City, and then I worked in Los Angeles for a total of 30 years. And, and working for other companies, you know, medium to large size companies with big IT budgets and lots of projects going on. And it, and it was very fun. And one of the parts I liked the most about it was being in IT, I could see how the entire company worked. And, and from that position, and you know, the reality is that in a big company, very few people in the company really get to see how the whole company works. People tend to be focused on their little things. Um, IT uh, is somewhat of an exception. And I enjoy understanding how things work. And, um, and so I left corporate a few years ago, actually at the beginning of COVID. And uh, I started getting involved in startups. And initially, it was uh, working with some venture capitalists, uh, making some small investments. I've worked with a couple of startups on my own. And, and I started to be, I was becoming more engaged with startups, helping them. And, and I was realizing that 
a lot of how I could benefit startups was helping them realize kind of the full set of things they need to do to be successful as a company. And then, you know, kind of layering on the agile and figuring out what are the important ones and what sequences do they need to be done in? Um, and, you know, how do you organize and create a structure around understanding what needs to be done? And, and so that kind of came really from this corporate experience. And so it's interesting. Sometimes people like that they think of corporates and startups being, you know, the, the the antithesis of each other. And the reality is there there are a lot of similar similarities. And most big companies out there started as something smaller. And uh, and, and of course, layers of bureaucracy and calcification and other things happen. Um, but I want to help uh, entrepreneurs and startups. And a big part of how that is is to help them create and and i would say understand the structure and the components necessary for putting together a solid company even though we can't do it all in the beginning then we can pick and choose the priorities using agile but understand the full picture um at least a little bit before we get going and and that's why i I, i've been doing it for several years and now over the last six months I'll, i'll say we've we've institutionalized it into a business so as opposed to hiring you know, Jeff Blaisdell as an advisor. Now it would be um, bring on beyond formation the company uh, that you know, works this philosophy that we just talked about. Awesome. And, and where can we go to connect and, and learn more about you? Beyondformation.com, just like it sounds. Not information, beyond formation. You got it. Excellent. So, hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Thanks so All much right. to our guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Jeff Blaisdell, for uh, joining us and sharing some wisdom about how you get things done. If uh, you're interested in connecting with Jeff, you can go to beyondformation.com. If you listen to us on your morning commute or your workout or somewhere out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT Literally. Tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break the seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here ain't going to get you there, we can help. Go to imfactor1.com now and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack, and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over, and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. 
We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.